been friends for what, like ten years, something like that. Is that right? Would you say maybe a bit right? longer? I don't know. Maybe longer than that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, I of course. It's more like fifteen years, actually. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I think I met you in. T- sorry, <laughs> you, <laughs> lost wiped, time. you wiped out five I'm, years of our I friendship. Five didn't you? years. I think I first met you in um, two thousand and four, perhaps. Did, oh, hang on. We better explain our ages as well. So I'm fifty-four. Oof. Are you? I know. So it's just dreadful, isn't it? When you actually say it out loud. It's just nuts. And you're you're I'm, uh, a, you're I'm a youngster, aren't you? You're I'm a wee. I'm a I'm a I'm a young whippersnapper at the age of forty-eight years old. Yes. And. <laughs> I think that's quite significant, our ages, because um, we haven't... The things that we've been doing, the creative things we've been doing, we've been doing them for a while, haven't Ooh, we? Forever, it feels like. Forever, forever, it feels like. So you, so let's just work out... Let's just get some timescale going here. So you as a musician... Well... when how, how long have you been a musician for? And I'm not talking about when you were like 12 and you were strumming a guitar, but at what point, really, when you kind of go, right now, I'm going to... I'm doing this properly. Um, well, I mean, to be honest, I have always thought I was doing it properly. Like my, my first gig when I was 13 or 14 years old, that was when I was like, yeah, this is Your what I'm going to do. Your first gig? Your first gig at 13? first gig wow. in Oxford at the Pegasus Theatre. Um, and it was actually it was 14, 1985. Um, wow. So even then, like I kind of decided, this is what I want to do. And, uh, and, everything else can can bugger off um but yeah i suppose actually wow. when i first like became what you might call um professional <laughs> was a long time after that i was in my mid-30s i guess when i actually first really got paid so between the point of thinking yeah this is what i want to do in 1985 and yeah. actually doing a tour where i was paid like a professional musician was uh 22 years. Shall we move on to the topic? Over to you with the topic. Over to me with the topic? Chris, you k- kick off the topic. What, what? Don't say over to me with the topic. I don't know what the topic is. <laughs> what is it? It's your idea. You sent me an email saying, why don't we talk about this? So over to you, Mark. I thought you said you'd done some preparation. And why don't we have a topic? I didn't actually... It doesn't mean I've thought of a topic. The topic you suggested, which I think is a good one, right? Uh, okay. Oh, yes. Is did I? Okay. Yes, is things basically that we've had to do to survive. Because I th- last time we spoke, we were talking about the fact that most of the things we do creatively don't earn any money. Right. However much we'd like them to earn money, most of them don't earn any money. Occasionally, something good, you know, that does, like obviously your your song and everything else like that, that earns you some good wonga. But it's um, all coming back to me now. Yeah, what, last <laughs> so week. I'm tired today. <laughs> the, to- the topic. Topic. What are you talking about? Who are you? So, so the things you, we've had to do um, to just get by. Me and Bertie did this funny one a few years ago. Well, it's quite a few years ago now. Um, where we had to dress up as nine foot pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> so we were nine foot. I mean, you know, proper pigeons. Well, we weren't proper pigeons, obviously, but. <laughs> But we, um, we were there was this big pigeon costume, and it was nine foot. I mean, I'm six foot one or something. It's another three foot above me, and we all had them. And we yeah. we got taken. There was half a dozen of us. One of them was, and there was me and Bertie in this, and four other people. And we were taken in the back of a white van to the centre of, Tra- of Trafalgar Square in London very early in the morning, and then we had to get dressed up in the costumes 
it was quite difficult in the back of a white van, you know, a van, six of you with these nine foot pigeon costumes. So we got dressed up and then the, the, our handler was also the driver, then opened, <laughs> opened the door and we had to sort of squeeze ourselves out and run around Trafalgar Square being nine, because Trafalgar Square is famous for having pigeons. Yeah. So I guess that's why we were there. And it's also the centre of London. And then just to trying to create a commotion so that the press would come along and go, what's this about? And then I guess <laughs> we was, some company was paying for this promotion, but I don't know what it was for. It wasn't, obviously, it wasn't for chickens. It was for something. For chickens? I don't, no, I don't, th- don't think it was. I don't think they're promoting chickens. I think they're promoting something else. But well, not chickens. Not pigeons. chickens. <laughs> oh, pigeons. Sorry, pigeons, not chickens. <laughs> I think it's promoting chickens. <laughs> How do <laughs> No, it's definitely pigeons. So I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, I've got my birds confused. Pigeons. Have, have you ever done a looky-likey? Have you ever done a looky-likey one? Has anyone asked you to do it? Not intentionally. <laughs> what, has someone thought you look like someone, though? About half a dozen people over the last ten years have said to me, you look like uh, Alec Baldwin. Really? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's a good one. Really? I don't can't see it myself, but, yeah, quite a few people. You have, could put which your... I don't know whether that's a compliment or, a, or, or not. Well, it doesn't matter. You could make money out of that. You could, you could, yeah. go, you could actually join a looky-likey agency as Alec Baldwin. Yeah, would there be much of a demand for an Alec Baldwin lookalike? <laughs> well, he's done a lot of stuff. Actually, your voice is not dissimilar. It's got the same kind of... To who? To Alec Baldwin. <laughs> well, other than the fact that he's American. Yeah, but I think, no, naturally, your you're natural tombra. Go on, do Alec Baldwin. Well, I believe that he speaks... Uh, <laughs> n- n- nothing nothing like that. No. It's awful. <laughs> My name's Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the last job I was... Yeah. Um, I got an email about saying I was a perfect fit was for um, a du- uh, model actress. <laughs> it's very weird, and it was for some like a- adult um, adult film uh, <laughs> making company. <laughs> when it was quite good pay though, it was like three hundred dollars a day. It would be, wouldn't it? It would be. I was like, oh, is it three? Sorry, sorry, three hundred, three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. It was three hundred dollars an hour. Wow. Sorry. Yes. So just to clarify, adult as in porn. As in, you know, hey. <laughs> as a pilot, that kind of thing. Yeah. Nudge, nudge, um, wink, wink. Oh, really? So hang on. But I thought maybe I'd just slap on a bit of you know lipstick <laughs> and a wig and shave my legs. $300. So for $300, it doesn't differentiate. Does that mean just anything? So we won't go into all the different things you can have. You can perform, as it were, as, uh, a, as a, 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 a porn. No, no, I'm not going to, um, just in case there were, there were minors listening to this. Um and well, I hope there aren't, with all the amount of swearing that you do every week. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder, I presume, I tell you what, you should get back to them and say, just say, can I just clarify, does that, does that mean $300 for, like, and for everything? All in. <laughs> <laughs> all in. Every and, uh, I don't think there's any covered. T- I don't think any touching was allowed. I think it was probably just, I don't know if it, uh, you know, um, I think it was just for display Display purposes only. Oh, I see. There's no actual. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was an adult film or like a a kind of a a club, like you know, strip strip club, (laughs) strip strip club. Can you imagine me on stage stripping? (laughs) Yes, I can. Dressed dressed as a woman. 
I can. I mean, I'm not trying to imagine it in a weird way. I mean, you can. I'm not. I'm not trying to picture you. Yeah. No. But I will be tonight. Probably when I'm asleep, my subconscious will go. Oh, this is. Oh, God, this okay, is. Let's this change is gonna, the subject now. This is going to be horrible. I've had weird. some horrible subconscious, horrible dreams where weird. I won't obviously tell you some Have really. You? Yeah. Just really bad combinations of things. So it would be a dream whereby you would be stripping. That would be a dream that I'd just be happily in what I would think is deep sleep, but it wouldn't be deep sleep. It would be dream sleep, and that would pop up, and I'd wake up in the morning, and I'd be really annoyed with you, thinking, oh, why the fuck? Well, that's what we've got time for this week. back mark we're back for a third week. number th- i did have a, a moment just about 10 minutes ago when i thought he's not gonna turn up <laughs> did you <laughs> he's not gonna not gonna call me well the funny thing is and i'm not making this up i kind of wondered that about you too that's funny i kind of because obviously we're different times of the day aren't we you've just got up yeah. and i'm in that sleepy mid-afternoon sort of slot here in the uk and I do feel a bit sleepy. That's sort of like um, when I should be having 30 winks, 20 winks, 30 or a few winks. winks. <laughs> is, is that too many it's winks? A discount What's the expression? <laughs> so 60. 40 winks. It? 40, you fool. Is it 40? <laughs> it's the, it's the, I've forgotten how many winks you're. The standard what, number of winks. 40 winks have. is the standard wink. <laughs> I was going to have 30. Oh dear, that's bizarre. How weird to just say to anyway. Uh, that that just shows that I need a bit of a sleep, doesn't it? Because it, I didn't sleep that well last night. Didn't but you? Um, oh, and you just sorry. got up. But anyway, we are a family-friendly axe-throwing company. <laughs> just, stop right there. <laughs> the hosts leagues and recreational throwing for fun. We're looking for energetic. Eh, not sure that's me. Outgoing. Not really. Individuals to be the face of our business and responsible for customers' experience. Our ideal candidate is someone who is reliable, funnily enough, not going to suddenly throw an axe at a child. Hang on a bit, hang on a bit. So it doesn't actually say, it doesn't say that, ask you whether you've had previous axe wielding experience. Amazingly, it doesn't ask you that. Amazingly, <laughs> responsibilities, no experience required. <laughs> no experience required for lobbing an axe yeah. at someone's head. No experience required, although experience in customer service is an asset. Yeah, yeah. Educate guests on how to throw an axe, how to keep score. This <laughs> 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 is brilliant. It's, it says, axe managers. Axe yes. manager. I'm going to imagine saying that. What's your job? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an axe manager. <laughs> Include setting customers up with a throwing lane, demonstrating yeah. safety in the throwing lane, Getting liability waivers signed, giving them tips on how to throw at a target. <laughs> in addition, there will be some drink service in brackets, non-alcoholic only. That sound, click sound, is my um, coffee thing. Coffee. Uh, it's, it's by a company called 720 Degree. Well, that's the first plug there, mate. Wow. 720 Degree. And it's really cool because basically um, it keeps it really hot and you just push the top and then you can sip it from any point in the whole of the rim and then you just all you have to do is remember is to click
click it back up again and then it's t- totally sealed. Wow. So, and w- um, what was seven, the name of that seven, company again? Seven, seven, tw- <laughs> we haven't tried doing this, have we? But let's try pathetically to try and get sponsorship. 720 degree. Although that isn't really a hang on, 720. I mean, hang on, you go, you go up to 360 on degrees, don't you? Well, 720 is that twice as much? Well, hang on, 360. No, <laughs> that is that is that's twice as much, isn't it? No. Two 360s, Six, uh, 640. Is, 360. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, god, I'm terrible at yes, you're right. It is, yes, it's two, and I'm not quite sure, but anyway, um, yeah, it's fantastic, it's really good. That's the sound. Let's go anyway. Enough about that, please. Can we need to get back to the important thing of your soup? I'd love to have the voice of the guy from Elbow. Who's he called? The guy from Elbow who sings. His name is Guy, in fact. Is it? Is he called Guy? Yeah. Guy oh, Garvey. Guy Garvey. Oh, I mean, what a voice. What yeah. a voice. Um, and I'd be able to sing like, yeah, I mean, Mark, you sing. You sing well. And I'd like, you know. Oh, uh, wow. so, so if I could sing like that, I'd be very pleased. But um, I'm, it's kind of like a, what is it? It's kind of like a put a pin in it kind of voice it's like a bookmark you know when people <laughs> say let's just put a pin in that which means you're going to replace whatever it is with something else or let's just put a pin in it i've never heard anyone oh, no, say hang that on or let's bookmark that which means you're going to replace it oh no let's say yeah we'll use that as a temp a temp vo- vocal bruce and then we'll try and get somebody who can actually sing <laughs> to replace let's put you. a pin in that i'm gonna start saying that let's put a pin in it <laughs> I, I think that's probably what does that mean i think i've actually misused even that term let's put a pin in it <laughs> Reminded me of, of, of I think my, my, one of my most embarrassing moments when I was younger, yeah. uh, because of the note the, only because of the note thing, the note music note thing. It reminded me that when, when I was, you know, I was in my teens. I belonged to this the British Legion, British Legion band. Oh my god! And um, and I uh, and I played the trombone back then badly. I tend to mime most of the time. To be honest, that's a good thing about trombone. You just w- w- wiggle the slide and you mime it. The key thing is to basically have somebody. <laughs> have somebody who's like first trombone my friend Dave Lusher was first trombone I was like third um, and stand next to him so he's actually hitting all the notes and you just <laughs> and, and people think oh you're also making a noise but you're not I'm just wiggling my thing um, so anyway but Dave wasn't there for this one anyway I was on my own I, mean, I wasn't on my own but anyway so what happened was imagine it's a big football match between Southampton and who the, who were the other people it was that Southampton football ground it was a, it was a, it was a first division as it was then not premiership right. but the first division Southampton versus oh, I don't know, big club like Manchester United or something like that, mm. and we we were the we were the, the we were the uh, uh, halftime entertainment back then. <laughs> so um, the, all the players came off, and um, you know I think I think people like even Kevin Keegan was still playing. Or was he a manager? I don't know. Oh, uh, anyway, so then we went on and um, I'm walking around, you know, playing and when the Saints and when the Saints come march and there's me just kind of. Um, kind of miming as usual uh and then we went right up to the either the north stand i don't know what stand it was and we were facing them and then suddenly all the music which i wasn't really looking at anyway because i was just miming all my music um blew off the stand because you have this little mobile stand that's on your trombone and basically i'm standing there in front of the north bank and all my music flies up and goes into the into in, into the spectators and and there's an almighty roar from all these mass ranks of spectators going 
uh, <laughs> and they're all grabbing the music and tearing it up and eating it and stuff like that. And That's I was weird. like 16, and it was oh so, so, so mortifying. I could imagine it being so, like 16 so years was, old. That would be awful. Yeah, yeah. So I'm dressed up with my, my little peaked hat and everything, and all these, they go like that. So that was very, that was very mortifying. <laughs> A project that I've been working on, well, since the dawn of time, pretty much. Um, I think the first time this project was written and recorded was 2003. Um, and then it's been developed and redesigned and re-engineered and all manner of stuff. But anyway, so we're now <laughs> there's now it's been um, reborn as an animation series, um, and I've got together with uh, a chap called James, who's a very talented animator and uh, filmmaker, generally speaking, and writer and everything. And um, he's introduced us to this animator guy as well so that we basically made a little teaser animation based upon this um this thing um which is a kind of affectionate spoof of all things lord of the rings mm. um and uh we were very lucky that when we did the recording we did a, 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 a an audio recording later not that long ago i can't remember how long ago it was uh we got anton lesser the actor anton lesser who stars in the crown and uh, game of thrones and lots of other things yep. um to be in it he's very good um and i approached recently and i won't say his name because just in case not that i don't know probably better. anyway there's quite a famous actor that i approached for the lead part in this the play part of the main protagonist in the animation show and i sent it contacted him and i have to say because this is just how it is you're so used to getting rejected <laughs> <laughs> or actually you're so used to getting ignored so if you're contacting an agent or something about an actor you're trying to get attached to a project they quite often just don't get back to you and you chase them and then they don't get back and you chase them and they don't get back yeah. and eventually they get yeah. back with one line saying I'm afraid it isn't quite right for blah 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 at this present time thank you for your interest so anyway I'd sent the stuff to him and within about half an hour he'd ping back and said oh this looks interesting which was very exciting that's uh, great I, I mean said, you just caught him at the right moment I hope so, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't. I hadn't sent him everything. I just sent sent some you know, introductory bits and pieces, including this little kind of teaser bit yeah. animation we'd done. Um, and then he asked to have a look at all the other materials. So that's the whole script and and the uh, original audio we did with Anton and everything else. Um, yeah. And um, so I'm waiting to hear back to see whether it's something he wants to be involved with. Uh, so that is very this, exciting. But this is this is the that funny old thing about this life. This life, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff that isn't exciting. There's a lot of stuff that's very frustrating. There's a lot mm. of stuff that just guarantees poverty and and virtual depression. However, you do have what we said off air was basically the tease of possibilities. The tease of possibilities. It's quite a special one, isn't it? Today, Mark. It's a special. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> you don't even let me. Yeah, it's a special one. What is it? Oh, come on, because it's dreadful build-up. Yes, thank you. Oh, there, there we go. That's what we need. I mean, that's because yes, that's the sort of thing we need from you, Mark. Yeah, because spooky sound spooky effects. Spooky sound effect. I say because it is Halloween, isn't it? Oh, yes, and we've got some excitements coming up later, haven't we? Special guests. Uh, oh, have we? <laughs> no. good. Oh, I don't. Special, I know. Who's a special guest? I don't know. I'm busily texting someone. See if we can get someone here to be a guest. Right. <laughs> I don't think anyone. Everybody. Anyone will come. Do you believe in ghosts? Are you asking me, or is that is that a question going? I'm, ask, to I'm asking you. Do I believe in ghosts? Do you believe in spooks? 
And I'm going to answer that. I'm going to answer that, my friend. By uh, can I answer that by basically tying in with my experience of what some people might describe as the supernatural? Yes, please. Because I think that would say that would tie dovetail rather nicely. So um, let's go. So uh, for your listeners who haven't heard us bang on about this house that we used to live in, um, we used to live in this great big um, Palladian mansion house. But obviously, not much of it was ours to play with. We just lived at the top in the old servants' quarters. Um, and quite often you'd be in this house on your own. I mean, it's a huge, huge house. I mean, massive. Just think of Downton Abbey size type house. And bits of it were not at all done up nicely, whatever. They were just very spooky rooms and lots of very spooky rooms. Um, so anyway, I remember I went through... A, this is a, this is going to answer your question, Mark. Because yeah. I went through a period of time where I quite often would see people in my bedroom. In okay. in in Curtlington Park. Well, I think it's specific. It happened started. When did it start to happen? I think when I first moved to the East Wing oh. of Curtlington Park. It was the first time it started to happen. Actually, more than when I moved into the main house. But I do remember specifically in the East Wing, uh, in the room, and uh, I quite often would wake up, and I would be convinced that there was a creature under the duvet as well. So not just seeing people thing. Right. And I would wake up, and I was there with my partner. And I'd kind of go, look, there's something definitely here. And I'd have my hands around the shape under the duvet. And it, it would feel as if the, the shape would be moving. Because in my head, there's this bad thing under the suit duvet. And it quite often would just get it to the edge of the bed. Of course, the light had gone on by this point because my, my partner at the time would turn the light on. Mm. And he's going, what the fuck are you doing, Winwood? Um, I was going, no, 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 no. And then I get this shape, which I could feel in, um, under the... And it got to the edge of the, the, of the bed. And then I'd pull the duvet up and of course you know there was nothing there mm. so and this happened quite a lot and, the, and but there was a theme to it there was a there was a thing that happened it always happened between you know i was asleep and waking yeah it never happened that i just walked along and then you know i was never just sat on the bed completely awake and then suddenly there's this thing under the duvet and it's like and i <laughs> and it's and i jump on it i was always so uh, I worked out myself that this thing was happening because you know, obviously between your sleeping, your your when you're asleep and when you're awake, this is when these things were happening, and um, and there were times when I thought I saw people walk through the room and things like that. Mm. I mean, quite a lot of times, and then it all pretty much stopped. I'm not making this up. When I I woke up one day, you know, and, and at the bottom of the bed. I can see them now. The bottom of there, there were two scuba divers. What? Okay, there were two people dressed up as scuba divers, and I remember just looking at them and bursting out laughing. Right. Instead of kind of going being freaked out because there was some kind God. of form that I thought that, and I actually laughed. I really did because I thought this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I think I worked out myself. I worked it out that basically it's just you know between sleeping and waking up, your mind, the stuff that goes on in your head when you're asleep all these dreams and everything else, your very mischievous mind, uh, as it's sorting out all the experiences you've had during the day and it's chucking things into different filing cabinets and everything. Yeah. And these, all these kind of weird stuff, you know, gets mixed up and, um, and quite often they're just kept in dreams or nightmares if they're scary. But they do, they do slip into the real world, the real world in a sense. Mm. Uh, but obviously it wasn't very long. As soon as I was fully awake, there was nothing there. There was never anything there. Yeah. So my whole thing about ghosts is it's just the power of the brain and the power of suggestion 
you know, we underestimate the power of the brain. You know, you can see all manner of shit, um, which isn't there. Yeah, because the brain has, and and there are experiments that are proven this as well. That people, you know, quite often who are convinced they they can see something, uh, but you know, it's just the the brain forming image forming images. Yeah, um, out of nothing. I tend to agree with you. Um, I'm going to actually uh, tell you a couple of things because I heard uh, anyway. Well, just to tie. Because I, when I moved into Curlington Park, I was uh, Bert was away at the time, and I was in that house completely on my own, really? and I was a little bit. And at the time, I was also reading a book about alien abduction, <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, "Why am I reading this right now? This is really bad." Yeah. And then I remember in the night hearing this like clanking around, and I thought, uh-huh. "I'm going to go and investigate that because I'm." It's and then I did, and it turned out okay. Yeah, I could see it was noise was coming from some pipes, and after that point, I never felt freaked out in that in that house at all despite the fact that i'd heard quite a few stories about you know yes specters appearing and people like workmen you know f- seeing something and then running out and never going back again because it was yes well you heard, you heard that one you heard that one before we went in and that was the one because um the this house is, has a lift yeah um and it's a very small lift i got trapped and in i had Oh fucking hell! That's another story. You got oh, gee, but you got trapped in it. But obviously, with the story, basically, before we all moved in, before I moved in, that I'd heard on very good authority about the workman, the workman's ghost story, which is basically yes, he had he got into that lift and he was going up in the lift, and then something fucking scared the bejesus out of him. And when the lift came down again, he just ran out of there, grabbed his tools, jumped in his van, and was never heard of again. It was proper kind of hot, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't, th- and I think something did kind of happen, but uh, but it doesn't mean it was a ghost, right? Which is something totally. But the fact that you got trapped in that very same lift, were you thinking those thoughts when you were in? No, the that's the weird thing. It's like <laughs> I was never. Um, this is the scary lift, and it stopped. I was never, uh, even though I am kind of susceptible to uh, those kind of stories. The only thing I think or thought about was like, oh god, I really, I'm going to need to go to the toilet. <laughs> And I'm yeah. stuck in here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't scared, but and I never once in the six years I was living in that house saw anything or heard anything remotely spooky. However, no. um, when I was um, this was about I don't know four or five years ago, maybe now. Um, my family home in Marston, uh, Crotch Crescent, ha ha ha, uh, hey. that I lived from in from 1982 until. Well, it was the family home until about four years ago. And my mum uh, had moved down to the south coast, but she still owned the house and was renting it out, but finally had sold it. And I, I was there, it was to, I guess, just to check that nothing had been left behind. I don't know what exactly, but I was in this empty house. It was, you know, it was, it, that, that was a little bit weird being in there when it was completely empty. And I was sort of just going around and um, saying goodbye this sounds a little bit weird, but you know, saying goodbye to the house because mm. I knew I'd never going to mm. go in there again. Yeah, and oh. I was, <laughs> I was standing um, in the hall and I was kind of talking out loud, you know, like, "Thank you, thank you for, you know, being a good house to live in." Mm. And there was mm. suddenly, out of nowhere, this massive crash inside <laughs> the house. Yeah, like I mean, like the sound of. I don't know, like a big heavy ladder falling over or something. And yeah, it freaked yeah. me out completely. And I just legged it. <laughs> and I legged it out there. And I was like, what the hell was that? That was really weird. And then I, con- I convinced myself 
that yeah. that night I was like, oh, I know what it was because under the stairs, my yeah. my dad had made this uh, little cupboard under the stairs and he'd put some planks at the end to kind of wall it up, but they weren't really fixed in place properly. Yeah. I'm gonna I'll go back tomorrow. I'll look at that and I'll bet I bet one of them just fell down at that moment and I'll be a laugh about it. So I went back the next yeah. day, looked under the stairs. They were still intact. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, you made it worse. Uh, you? Like oh god! So I just yeah, um, yeah. I, I wasn't at that point. I wasn't freaked out anymore because I just thought this is, no. this, I've lived in this house for years and years. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's a, definitely a weird thing that happened yeah. at that time. You know, at the timing yeah. of it for this massive crash in an empty yeah. house seemed like what what was going? Was the how was it the house? The energy of the house just like telling me, okay, you got to go now get out because yeah. this is yeah. this is finished i don't think it was a, a ghost i mean i don't really believe in in ghosts as such but um it was definitely weird and really the one thing, freaky the one the one thing i do have a little theory about i mean in terms of an understanding about ghosts is i'm a big fan of the whole parallel universe right thing which is the whole you know quantum scientists yeah. have you know they conjecture that there are parallel universes and I, I kind of think if there are parallel universes, again, this gossamer thin screen between us and, and other realities, other universes, and you kind of think, well, probably there might be times when that other parallel universe just creeps in a little bit. Yeah. It could be a smell, could be a sound, could be a person. Mm. But maybe what you're seeing isn't a ghost. It's not a dead person. It's basically a person who is in, because the theory goes, the quantum universe multiverse theory is that there are an infinite amount of power universes right and um you know if you if you read the old uh philip pullman books the dark materials he uses that idea for his books yeah um you know that we're just they say it's, it's got it's just 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 out of reach so i like the science yeah that seems whole, a lot more plausible whole, you know it does seem more impossible, doesn't it? Really, then the whole sort of ghost you die and go to heaven, you die and then you people come back to haunt it. All just seems a bit silly. Um, but the parallel universe thing, I think, yeah, it could be, could yeah. be that. Um, I mean, we won't know, will we? Because they never. There's all these ghost hunters, but they never really ever get any proof, do they? No. <laughs> ever. No. I mean, ever. I mean, occasionally they'll say, "No, look," and you look at the picture and you go, "Yeah." Yeah, that's that's nothing, mate. It's a bit of could be anything, could be absolutely anything. Yeah, I've got go another on. creepy story. Oh, go on, go on. This one is Please actually because um, I, I, I when I was thinking about this the other day, like oh, it's Halloween. Mm. I was uh, um, I remembered my mum had told me uh, about something really weird that happened to her a few years ago when because mm. uh, I think it was the I was probably living in Kirtlington at the time. She was still living in Oxford. Yeah, and then she told me about this thing that had just happened to her. Um, she was walking along uh, Marston Road mm. um, going towards St. Clement's you know past St. Clement's mm. Church and uh, I'll tell you what I'll read out the, I'll, I'll go ahead to email it to me this, this story Ooh. and I'm going to read it out She's, go do it she, so she says <clears throat> I was walking along Marston Road just past what is now the Islamic Centre but at the time it was just a high wall and there's a field on the right-hand side of the road. On the opposite side is the lower boundary of Headington Hill Park, consisting of a stone wall about three feet high with shrubbery behind. As I got to this point, I heard what sounded like a distressed male voice calling out, Help me! Please help me! The voice 
followed me all the way along at the same volume until I reached the end of the wall, and then it stopped. He said, I looked across the road, but I couldn't see anyone at all. I felt very uncomfortable and hurried on my way. On another occasion, I was walking in the opposite direction in the same place, and I heard the same voice again saying exactly the same thing. And it followed me the length of the wall again, and again I couldn't see anybody. And he said, I felt very nervous and ran, (laughs) and I could no longer hear the voice after I passed the end of the wall. My mother's parents, when they were very elderly, they, they came to live with us in our tiny house in Marston. And um, it was, you know, it was kind of, a, I was a, uh, like 17 at the time when they, th- when they moved in, I think. And it was quite a novelty at first, but uh, it very quickly, I could see it was just a lot for my parents to take. Mm. Um, but um, there were like a few, <laughs> this one memory of um so we had uh it was quite a small house i mean for 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 four well it was almost like six adults at that point like my parents me and my brother and my grandparents um and they they had a room on the ground floor and uh next to the living room because they couldn't really get up the stairs anymore and we had a little downstairs toilet <laughs> and frequently <laughs> i would um i would get into this situation where I'd be coming out of the living room to go to the kitchen and my granny would be in front of me. She had a, she walked with a, one of those like walking frame things, like moving Mm. along, like, you know, an inch Mm. a minute. (laughs) And then Mm. I'd turn around to think, I'll just go and sit down. And my granddad would have come out (laughs) and I'd be like trapped between them in in this very (laughs) narrow hallway with my granny in front and my granddad behind me. And just, it was like, just being in a queue, I just have to sort of slowly inch along because I yeah. couldn't go backwards. Yeah. And then yeah. quite a few times I'd be stuck behind my granny and every step she'd take, she'd go, <laughs> letting, out, letting out farts. And it's just like, oh my God. That's one of the abiding memories I have of them living with us. It's just stuck yeah. in this really bizarre situation behind the farting it's like granny. A gaunt- <laughs> it's like a grandparent gauntlet you were caught in, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've just a lot of memories are coming back now from from when my grandparents yeah, were living with us. So I mean, another yeah. thing about my, my I'll bring this up first. My dad had this very also it annoyed me when I was a teenager. He would always answer the phone by saying seven two three seven four one. Like yeah, he would never say yeah. hello. It was always the number. No. But then um, yeah. when my grandparents were living with us, my granddad would quite if my parents were out, my granddad would answer the phone, but he always get the, the number wrong. He'd say, 72342? <laughs> 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 that always made me laugh. And there were a number of times where he yeah. would have very muddled conversations on the phone. There was one time, yeah. <laughs> one time, this was so weird, but um, I yeah. was called, I, I think I was at my friend Caleb's, because I had a band with him, and I was calling home for some reason. And he picked up the phone at the same mm. time to to yeah. make a call that's that's my memory of it anyway and i mm. called and i said oh hello and he said is that simpkins <laughs> like he was <laughs> and i said no i'm ca- i'm calling it's mark i'm calling home and he just yeah. was completely confused because he thought he was calling somebody yeah and um we just had this quite long muddled conversation when i said no it's mark no mark's not here 
No, no, this, this is this is Mark. I'm I'm calling just to to say, you know, um, I'm going to be late or something like that. It's like, yeah. oh, it's not it's not Simpkins. Oh God, no, it's not Simpkins. I don't even know who Simpkins is. Sim- I've no idea. Because <laughs> you know that new Frozen Two movie's going to come out, isn't it, for Christmas right. Tide? And I was reading about that, and they had that song let one go all about farting <laughs> let one go let one go um that song but they um and obviously they've set they set the bar pretty high for themselves it's, I, I tell you what it's not my favorite song to be honest um but uh they have set the bar quite high because obviously it was popular yeah and very uh so everyone's thinking you know out of the seven songs they've got i wonder if they're gonna have something as good as that but if you could write something for like a frozen for a disney movie which has that kind of positive upbeat vibe let, let it go type shit you'd be fucking made you be yeah, yeah. made. We, in fact, we should do that. If you want to do the music, <laughs> and I'll and I'll come up with some some saccharine shit lyrics about you know you you know um, you can you can do anything. You can dream the impossible dream, and you can all your dreams will come true. All that. <laughs> you don't. You write the music for it, and I'll write the songs. So you don't have to be. Um, you don't have to be that close to the toxic filth that will be that level of positivity. Um, then yeah. we could do it and we can make ah oh, that's what we should do like, in fact fuck doing this podcast we should just turn this off now and spend the rest of the next half an hour doing that because if we could do that the next half an hour is that how long it's going to take yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can knock up some can knock up, I can let it up. go in half an hour well, we never know. I might get a visitation by an MP soon because we've got this election coming up. Yes. And if an MP came up, I bet, I bet they won't bother to come to my house. Um, but if they came up and they knocked on the door, the one thing I say to them, I just say to them, I, I, I talk about this sort of stuff. I'd say, fuck, fuck all the rest of it apart from the climate stuff. This is what I think is, you know, and it's not talked about. Mm. It's not talked about the madness of work and why work is just underpins so much misery yeah and yet and everyone goes oh no you've got to do it you've got to work hard you've got to graft because you know because you know what it's utter bollocks yeah one thing that um always baffles me is you know governments will boast about how many new jobs they've added or yeah the oh, increase no. number of jobs but you they never mm. talk about the quality of the job they just talk about no. okay it's, it you know we've added all these new jobs yeah but people doing some of those jobs are really really unhappy and really yeah. overworked and miserable doing that very terrible job yeah that is more important than the number of jobs you've, you've got to think about keeping making sure people are satisfied and happy in the jobs that they're doing oh completely and completely i mean there, there, there was there was a thing on the radio yesterday about um the good news the good news is the good news is that we're not on the verge of recession in the sense that they thought we, we might be that, that the economy's kind of hanging in there, mm. but they didn't say the bad news. The bad news is actually, yeah, we're still f- destroying the planet, right? And and the bad news is there are still lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people who are having to do duvet days or pretending they're ill to just survive their really shit and quite often meaningless jobs. Mm. They never talk, never spoken about properly, is it? And yeah. if, if you did, if I went on the radio now properly and spoke about this, people go, oh, come on, you're just having a laugh. You know, this, this isn't... <laughs> but it's like, no, this is, these are real people's lives. Yeah. And, and that's most of their life is taken up with, with working. And quite often what they're, what they're doing is probably not even necessary. 
Do you have hula hoops in America land? <laughs> um, you know, I have seen them here because um, several stores, that supermarkets that I go to at least have kind of a, a fairly large British section and they do have hula hoops. It's funny the things that they do have though in the in the British section in uh, yeah. in the supermarket because a lot of the stuff is it's like they've kind of watched Carry On films and dis- and decided <laughs> right. that's what people want to eat. I suppose right. it must be demand for they have like tins of spotted dick. <laughs> it's like I've never had spotted dick in my life. I don't even know what it is. It sounds absolutely horrible. And do they? And come if it in comes d- out of a tin, <laughs> I was going to say God. a tin. <laughs> I have seen spotted uh, dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so predictably childish, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you yeah, say spotted it. dick, and it's a perfectly decent English dessert, and yet all we can think about is penises that are spotted. Spotted dick. I have seen a spotted dick, not a one. I've seen. <laughs> I've seen. Uh, I'm really going to focus on this because <laughs> I have seen it, but not in a tin. Okay, <laughs> I've seen it not in a tin, but the idea of seeing a spotted dick in a tin appalls me. There's it's, so yeah. much here that you're saying that I could just edit into sounding like <laughs> really dodgy. Well, what do you what mean? What we think about his penises? You don't have to think. I don't think you need to edit this to sound it, uh, it sound true, dodgy. Right. I think it's perfectly, <laughs> perfectly dodgy enough, and it's f- normal freeform naughtiness. Yeah, it's um, true. So anyway, so yes, but going back to this message you had from, <laughs> who's obviously the number you have dialed has been changed. Well, it's okay. He did, I live in here in England. He doesn't know where I live. He doesn't, he doesn't care about me. I could tell him. So it's, they don't tell him. Don't tell him. That was just an accident. Because no, right. now I'm worried and paranoid. I think he's going to come around and find me here. He's not, yeah, is he? He's, he's not, not, is he? I don't even, I not, don't even know where he lived myself, actually. I've never been is there. He, so. Is he easily offended? No, not at all. Okay. He just you, doesn't like being called. All right. Okay. So anyway, did, um, who is obviously the... Um, whom you with whom you you know was he a little had he had one or two oh, yeah. when he rang you at one o'clock in the morning I don't know because I didn't answer but um, oh I see oh, I would okay. imagine that probably because but who knows it's very late isn't it he did leave me a, a, a very polite lovely message saying <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, and then hung up beautiful. Like, that's nice charming that's lovely, isn't it Char- charming yeah. he, he, means, said. he means it as a term of endearment I did. I did this. There was this cop program called Deal and Pasco. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, it's called the Deal has got weird spelling. Dazil, wasn't it? But actually, it's pronounced Deal and Pasco. Mm. And again, it was another freezing day, just sitting around, getting paid not that much money really. Um, and but then suddenly, what the third assistant director came up and said, "Look, there's there's a line. There's a line. We need somebody to say one line." Um, and he looked at me and I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And he I says, say a line. I, I, I could say a line. I, I could thought, speak. Because uh, A, it would be, add a bit of interest to the day. And B, you get you get paid more money. Of course. And of course, as the third AD went off, all the other extras, all the other walk-ons said, oh, wow, yes, you're, that's great. Well done, Bruce. You'll, you'll get paid more. And I thought, oh, wow, that's fantastic. And they'll have to use, I'll actually be seen. I'll be featured. I'll be featured because I've got a line. And then he came up and he said, here's your line. And the line was Inspector Weald, phone call for you. Yeah. Right. Inspector Weald was one of the main characters. 
And he said, um, and I said, okay, yeah, I can learn that. Inspector Weald, phone call for you. Inspector Weald, phone call for you. And I had to sort of burst into the office. I swing open the door and say, Inspector Weald, phone call for you. But he then said, the, the, the twist was, he said, can you do a Yorkshire accent? As we both know, I can't do accents for shit. <laughs> so I, the, only, the only thing I could do was I could remember, I thought of John Noakes from Blue Peter. Now, that, for, for US listeners uh, and Danish listeners, that won't, you, you won't know who this man is, but there's a children's program in the UK called Blue Peter. It's been running for years. And John Noakes was one of the main presenters when I was growing up. And I think actually he's is he Lanc? Oh, he's dead now, isn't he? Was he Lancashire? Was he was he Yorkshire? I have no, I got no idea to be honest. I think he was. He he's was nor- northern. He was northern. Gener- so, generic northern. So, so what happened was, I just remember <laughs> I, I I had to sort of think that think channel John Noakes, channel John Noakes. So I, I, and, and I was, was practicing going Inspector Weald, Inspector Weald, <laughs> and then literally I swing open the door and I said Inspector Weald, phone call for you like that. I mean, even now I can't do it. Inspector Weald, phone call for you. And, and, and all the other actors, including the main actors, looked at me. And, then, and you could just see them looking at me thinking, what a prick. What an absolute prat. Who is this person? He can't even do an accent. I see the tall black trees stripped against the sky. Standing silently atop the hill Clear and confident, gracefully they rise Winter branches, their living will And I can never leave, I can never leave I can never leave winter branches Bows 